Hello and welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from Unshot.net. Special episode, The Inclusion Illusion. Hello, you're very welcome to another episode of If I Were the Minister for Education from Unshot.net. This is Simon Lewis. Um, If I Were the Minister for Education is a podcast series that I'm running for the last while where I take a little piece of the primary education system and I try to think about what I would do with it if I were the Minister for Education. And this week is a special episode uh, where I'm going to explore um, a piece of research that was carried out by the National Principals Forum, um, a lobby group that was established last year. Um, It consists of a group of principals who are trying to put pressure on um, the various bodies involved in primary education, uh, including the Department of Education, but also the representative bodies um, involved in primary education uh, to see if they will um, try and act on our behalf uh, because uh, the job of a primary school principal these days, I'm sure, won't be a surprise to you, is an impossible job. Um, it's been described uh, recently as a sort of a loaves and fishes approach to education where principals are expected to create absolute miracles uh, from the tiniest of resources. Um, I'm very pleased to be part of the uh, main group of the uh, National Principals Forum and I was delighted uh, to be involved in some of their surveys um, over the last year and the most recent one of which focused on special education needs provision and it's an area that I feel strongly about myself um, because and, and if you've listened to this um, podcast series, um, I have argued in the past uh, that the NCSE, the National Council for Special Education, is not fit for purpose. Um, and in fact, um, I've argued, I, I suppose, and, and this is going to sound extremely harsh, it doesn't deserve to exist anymore. And in fact, I've argued that uh, it should be scrapped completely and replaced. Um, I believe that's episode, I actually can't remember what episode it is, I think it's number seven, but please look back on onshot.net and you'll find the episode where it's uh, titled, If I Were the Minister for Education, I Would Scrap the NCSE. Um, budget 2020, um, at this time of the recording, is our, our most recent budget, which happened in October 2019, um, was extremely disappointing. Um, for all uh, people involved in primary education, but certainly no more so than the pr- uh, than the primary school principal. Um, so much so that representative groups such as the IPPN, uh, the Irish Primary Principals Network, and the, the INTO, which is the uh, primary school union, were um, were uh, uh, left to uh, make remarks of how bitterly disappointing it was. It's uh, it's probably the first. Uh, sign of disappointment from either of these representative groups in quite some time uh, where they were critical of the Department of Education. Um, the IPPN was particularly critical um, and said it they and and stated it was it was just deeply deeply uh, disappointing that primary school principals had been completely neglected by the budget. Um, the IPPN had been campaigning uh, for uh, teaching principals to have one day per week um, a release time uh, from the classroom 
and um, they uh, and uh, this was one of their their big um, aims and probably I suppose they're nearly I wouldn't say it's their sole aim but was certainly their big hitter they really I believe they really thought they were going to get it and um, it didn't happen um, there was also no restoration to middle management posts again something that was bitterly disappointing to us all but really there was nothing now last year the national principles forum did a survey about principles workload and 1166 principles uh, took the time to um reply or to the survey or to take part in this survey and it came up with lots and lots of scary statistics really i suppose is once for want of a better word but this year um and you're, you're very welcome to see the results of those um of that survey on um on the national principles forum uh, page it's on facebook um and it's been spread uh, around to the various representative groups uh, some of which uh, in fairness the um, education committee published uh, the results of, of that survey um, the INTO and the IPPN have chosen not to um, publish uh, the results of that survey um, this year um, rather than focusing on the budget again because I, I, that we felt it would just be repeating ourselves one of the most we, the group decided really rather than, uh, than focusing on that we would focus on an area that has been neglected for so long that it's it's really uh, i suppose uh, and i've used the word disgrace uh, i think the word disgrace is used a lot uh, when giving out um, it nearly loses its meaning um but it is the right word um in uh, when we're describing i suppose something a, a very very forgotten area of our education system really since 2012 just in the at the height of, rece- of the recession uh, when minister at the, at the time the minister at the time rory quinn i suppose in a way killed um anything good about special education i i i, uh, I think that's probably a fair a fair statement he cut resource hours at this they were called at the time by 15 percent so at that time if a child had a particular diagnosis they were granted uh, a certain number of hours per week of resource time and he cut that by 15 percent that never um recovered it never was recouped um but um a couple of years ago maybe three or four years ago a new system which was supposed to be a fairer way to distribute um uh, resources for special education needs was devised by the department of education and um effectively it um effectively it's it's it 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 did uh, it, uh, our findings really were to find out well did it um and then what are the other areas of special education that we have to to look at um in the last week it's been picked up a lot by the media um one of our representatives um in the in the forum angela dunn has been all over the the radio in various parts of the country um from from dublin to cork to sunny carlo where i'm based and um it's um it's really good to hear. I mean, usually the media um, aren't sympathetic towards um, primary schools or an education, but almost entire every everyone the entire um, experience uh, that we've had uh, listening to is talking to people in the media has been the opposite. It's been absolutely um, overwhelming how um, good um, the response has been. Um, and I'm recording this only a couple of days after uh, it was established and uh, after the um, after the report was published and um, 
it's it's really interesting to hear the media's reaction um i suppose a highlight of which was from mick clifford in the irish examiner who t- uh, took a front page or uh, got a front page article um for the irish examiner and then an in-depth half page um study of the um of the survey so i mean i suppose what i'm going to do is rather than uh, talking around it is i, I think it's only fair uh, that um, i'll share the results on this podcast and um, you may prefer listening to the results um, and maybe my own uh, thoughts as a member i suppose of, of the group more my own thoughts uh, as a primary school principal um who runs basically just so you know uh, the context i would say tw- um roughly 15 percent of the children in my school would have um, some form of special education need or an additional need um and we also have two classes for children with autism um and um and we've been uh, working with um children with additional needs since we opened um and i think well, I'd like to say without blowing my own trumpet, I think we're pretty good at it. And, um, you know, but the most frustrating thing for us is the lack of resources. And actually, not just the, I mean, the lack of resources sounds like we're whinging. But for me, it's more not only the decline in resourcing, um, but also the amount of the increase in red tape to get resources when you need them. I've often gone on on this podcast um, about 10 years ago when I needed a special needs assistant what I had to do compared to what I have to do now to get a special needs assistant but even to get any sort of supports for children with special needs it's um it's astonishing the amount of bureaucracy around it so what I'm going to do uh, now is take a, a short little five second break and I'll be back with the results of the National Principals Forum um, research survey on special education needs known called the inclusion illusion so we're back uh, with the inclusion illusion which is a research paper uh, now written by the national principals forum based on a survey that was sent out to every principal in the country um, and it had again much like um, every survey that we've sent out um, as a group there it has um, it had a huge amount of uh, traction um, with one in four over one in four principals replying uh, so that's over 900 principals that responded to the survey uh, just to give a little bit b- bit of background on this um, on the group the national principals forum it's basically it's a lo- it's a registered um, lobby group um, s- of primary school principals uh, and it was only established last year in 2018 um, the group wants to work with the Minister for Education who so far has refused to meet the group for some reason it's very bizarre um altogether that uh, that's that's the case um but that's uh, for another day uh, it also wants to work with management bodies and representative bodies uh, to basically affect what they're describing as urgent changes needed to sustain principals in their roles as school leaders that's the idea behind the group um it, it it's uh, the group states that they strive to do their best to be as inclusive as possible in their schools um, which I think is a fair point in in most uh, when it comes to the area of special education needs. Um, just really the survey itself. I mean, I'm looking at the introduction here, and the sentence that jumps out at me um, is is a paragraph with four words, um, and those four words are the results are stark, and I think that's that's basically um, going to set the context 
for the rest of this episode where I go through these uh, statistics and um, well I mean I suppose let's see what you think yourself um, and feel free to comment on our Facebook page um, or anywhere else on our social media presence and um, see see what you think of it um, basically um, just the people who took the survey as I said there was 905 principals took part in the survey that's quite a lot of people if you uh, if you look at any surveys that are done by any other any of our other representative bodies you'd look at 500 principals that would be about one in six ish one in six one in seven um, principals doing a survey would be seen as a good indicator or a good sample size I mean you could even get away with having 300 and you'd, that would be a, a valid sample size I would say as well but this we got one in four here the national principles forum got one in four principles at least I mean more than one in four and um, 905 principles um, of which um, over half were teaching principles which you'd expect because over half of teaching prin uh, principles are teaching principles um, and uh, we looked at those teaching principles 68% of these teaching principles teach a mainstream class full time okay that's full time teaching um, and then they have to do their administrative stuff after work and 34 of them teach in a special education um, setting uh, so they're also full time teaching Oh, uh, before they do their minister of work but 34% is a third of all the respondents so basically over 300 of these people um, basically work in a special ed setting um, so that sets a bit of a context there so let's we what we've uh, what this group has done uh, they've done three surveys of principals um, over the last couple of years and two questions that they ask on each survey no matter what the survey is about really is around the health of principles it's something that i i i think is uh under underlooked uh by by the government at the moment there's a lot of talk about well-being and and stuff like that but um it it, it rarely if, if 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 anything it doesn't focus at all on um on principles um there's very little in terms of looking after principal well-being the only service that's available to principals uh, for well-being now i mean there's there's mentoring schemes there's um uh, coaching schemes that, that are available th uh, through the ippn but actual well-being um is, is i mean there's 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 three phone calls to a counselor and care call or whatever it's called now um and there is um i suppose in fairness um hotline as well at the IPPN where principals can speak to somebody who will uh, listen to, to what they say and they have five or six people working um, in that section however 80.5 percent of principals that did this survey so 80 of that's four out of five principals have stated their mental health has suffered as a direct result of their job that's a scary statistic it, you know in anybody's book I, I i find it i find it i don't i suppose i do find it surprising in some ways you know because when when i talk to my colleagues you you, you know they they're really putting a brave face on things but behind it all it, it i mean it is a very tough job i, I won't i won't i won't lie I, I i if i thought about the question enough i mean i don't um suffer from uh, thankfully i don't uh, suffer from a mental health disorder but my my mental health has been challenged certainly um in my job uh, on a number of occasions there there hasn't been a year that goes by where i would say that my mental health hasn't suffered and um, there's always one thing at least in a year that causes me to to become very stressed 
um, and to become, um, I suppose, I, 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 w- I would say quite anxious um, and not because of anything I might have done wrong, but it's, it's the pressure involved in, in trying, I suppose, to balance, um, you know, doing the right thing, uh, let's say, but also keeping people somewhat happy. And when you're balancing that uh, between potentially conflicting situations um, uh, where there isn't always a win-win, it can be very, very difficult. But there's also this um, difficulty with, I suppose, the pressure of not being able to make a mistake anymore because the book really stops with you. And and the thing is, it's not your mistake sometimes as the principal. It might be the mistake of somebody else who causes you the, who causes you the, uh, who you know, because, um, you know, ultimately, if 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 and I, I'm not saying this happens, um, you know, uh, it doesn't really happen very often. But it's the 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 fact that you're responsible for absolutely everything that happens in a school, even if you have no control over what it is. And it's not the idea that you need control, but it's a very difficult situation. Um, you are basically, um, it is a very stressful job. And I suppose in some ways, now that I'm talking it through to myself <laughs> into a microphone, um, I should be talking to some, uh, maybe I should be calling care, care call myself and saying these kind of things. Um, four out of five principles um, admitting or stating they have a mental health difficulty uh, or their mental health has suffered as a direct result of the job probably isn't as surprising as when I first started there. 76 and a half so still about three quarters of principals have said their physical health has suffered as a result of the job which is very interesting i can't say that's the case with me um but it's shocking that that's the case that someone's phys- that uh, i suppose it comes as a result of probably the pressure of the job as well and again maybe i'm lucky uh, that uh, i i haven't experienced that um but basically um in the last two surveys um sorry in the last survey mental health um was 71 percent it's gone up to 80 and a half percent so um that's that's quite worrying that um, mental health and physical health um are suffering more and this is only within a year and by quite a significant amount um by 10 percent um in both cases which is quite a worrying statistic um for want of a better word so let's move on to our special education needs uh, sections here um, we asked principals how many hours outside of their teaching time they spent on special education in their schools and the average time was six and a half hours outside of their teaching time um, which so that means so your teaching time is your you know your 25 hours okay there's 25 hours then you've got your admin time and um, now we didn't ask what that is um, in this particular survey but um, w- but if but then outside of that again you've got the six and a half hours um on special education so i mean before you deal with any sort of administrative work so your teaching time 25 hours your six and a half hours is 31 and a half hours before you even do your planning for your teaching or any of your admin work that's 31 hours straight up um with uh, and you've i mean if you're doing a, if, if an average person works 40 hours a week you've nine hours to fit in all your leadership stuff and all your planning it's not it's not possible um, so that's um, an interesting statistics and the maximum and, and this wasn't there wasn't just one person who put this in a few people said they worked 40 hours extra a week just on special education needs that's um, stunning and um, just uh, about nine percent of principals um, who, who replied uh, to this said they work more than 10 hours a week on average on special education matters alone um, and um, sorry I'm just looking at the statistics here 
um, after their teaching, sorry, three quarters of uh, principals, sorry, I said I didn't know what that statistic was uh, a few minutes ago, spent 20 to 30 hours a week in addition to their teaching. So teaching principals spend, let's say, 25 hours uh, on average on top. So let's add that up. 25 for your um, teaching, 25 for your um, planning. So that's 50 hours plus your six. So 56 and a half hours on average um, for a teaching principal. That's amazing. And um, we asked what challenges do principals face supporting pupils with additional needs? So, um, I mean, the highlights there are interesting. There was um, lack of resources, seven out of 10. Lack of time, eight out of 10 people. Lack of parental understanding of a, uh, was about half of, um, half of principals said that was a problem. Um, so the media, um, parental suspicion based on media, three out of 10, so not as, not as high, but you know reasonably significant it's not like a, a zero you know that's enough to cause problems uh, lack of support from the department of education was lower than i thought to be honest with you it was um two-thirds um of principals that's very high but i just thought it's a bit lower than i thought the lack of uh, special needs assistance in allocation that was um up there at 62 percent so about in um about five-eighths of principals so five out of eight principals believe lack of SNA allocation is a big problem. And the lack of physical space in the school was 50-50. Half, half uh, said yes, half said no. So um, interesting. High figures um, all around, really. Um, even the lowest is quite high. Um, I suppose moving on, really, we, we, we d- uh, the group decided they'd find out. I mean, one of the big things that we hear about is, you know, when there's teacher absences, to, you know, when the teacher is sick, um classes have to be split or sometimes um when classes can't be split because they can't be split all the time as, as, uh, there's this um i mean it's an unsaid thing but we needed to get the statistics on this about how how often does a special education teacher take over a mainstream class when a teacher is out and is this something that happens um at all number one and then how often number two and this is a very interesting thing because there are there up until now there isn't there were no solid figures on this and to me this is a I, I don't know this is one of the statistics that really jumps out at me it wouldn't be one that the media would have a massive deal although in fairness one or two uh, media agencies picked up on the fact that so many uh, that this figure was there so i better tell you what the figure is first of all basically seven out of ten principals have to get a special class a special education teacher to cover a mainstream class if the mainstream teacher is empty and that's on a regular that's not just once that's a regular basis so on a reasonably regular basis um the f- there was a ten it was uh, uh, the, the 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 figure for people who never did it was uh, less than 10 percent so why is that a big deal well the reason this is a big deal i suppose is a special education teacher is not supposed to be covering mainstream classes. A special education teacher is supposed to be giving extra support to children with additional needs. And the fact of the matter is, seven out of ten principals have basically said they regularly have to use a special education teacher to cover a mainstream class, either due to the sub-crisis, so there's a substitute teacher crisis, which is not being addressed right now um, at all, um, so when I say at all, at all is not fair, but may as well be at all by the Department of Education, or uh, they have to do it during uh, due to uncertified leave because um, teachers do not get cover for uncertified leave. I don't know what the Department of Education think teachers do 
uh, what what schools do, do you know they i mean they clearly know that the, the classes have to be covered um but they don't care um clear they obviously don't care they don't care i mean that's that's the thing and at last we actually have facts and numbers that our representative bodies can actually use to say this is not right for example nabsme who are in charge of uh, basically um the management of special needs i mean they're, they're paid 100 euros or 100 euro a year by schools to represent um the management bodies in terms of special education needs um that's a that's a phenomenal statistic to be able to use if i was breed a core now i'd be battling down the phone um to this uh, to the national principals forum and basically saying you know can i use this statistic please this is shocking it's it's ridiculous now as of as of this time of the recording i i i don't believe that phone call has happened but i'm it surprises me um that they wouldn't it's it's it, it, it's a, it's i think it's a damning statistic on uh, on the department of education and if i was a representative body of anyone with special education uh needs pupils i would be getting onto the department of education straight away and saying please explain this why is this allowed to happen this isn't school's fault what does the school do if the teacher is out what does the school do they, they can't just where how, how how often can you split classes um you know you can split one class maybe in a reasonably sized school but you can't let's say you're a two-teacher school you can't split the second class even if you're a three-teacher school you know it's, it's difficult to do that but even an eight-teacher school say two teachers are out what do you do look i mean this is the problem and and uh, the, the given that there's a massive substitute teacher crisis even if you could get a substitute there aren't substitutes around they're all off in the middle east probably um so it's it's not good um i'd, I'd also think the national parents council should be all over this as well um but i don't know again i haven't heard anything from them um and this is uh, i mean basically since 2009 this this story really starts since the recession since 2009 if a teacher was sick with some sort of uncertified leave the first day of the absence wasn't covered by a substitute but then in 2012 all uncertified sick leave was not covered so for example you have a teacher right and geez we're working with kids um so we're, you know kid i mean kids kids are fantastic but they're full of diseases <laughs> and um and and i don't mean that in a bad way but like if you have you know overcrowded classrooms and you've got a child that's sick disease spreads and teachers are susceptible to getting getting sick now it's not the types a lot of the time the sicknesses don't need you to go to a doctor particularly um it could be a cold or, or a little flu and you just have to let it run through your system um, that could be two, two, two to three days. And, you know, if you have uncertified leave, what do you do with your class for three days split? You know, you can't split them up for three days. What are they going to do? They're not learning, um, you know, in that kind of way. But anyway, that's um, I, I, I just wanted to spend a bit of time on that statistic. For me, it's one of the ones that jumps out. Um, we also examined the new circular that came out uh, last year in 2018, I think it was 2018, it might have been early 2019, about breastfeeding breaks, which obviously, um, I, 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 I presume, and I know the National Principals Forum themselves, would, would, would absolutely um, believe is an excellent, um, is, obviously, is obviously an excellent um, and, and, and much needed um, circular, because, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's surprising and, and shocking that, um, you know this this wouldn't be provided for uh, where uh, women who are breastfeeding are not given time um to uh to to to, to prepare um 
milk and things like that or, or whatever whatever uh, uh, whatever needs to be done um and, and to be given the time to do that and the space to do that and the privacy to do that and even the storage facilities for that but i mean the department of education their wisdom release the circular but provide nothing provide no resources so where do, so the reason we put this into the into the survey is because it affects again it affects special education teaching and while we found while, while the group found uh, interesting statistics 80 percent of schools don't have a designated room for their staff to take breastfeeding breaks um uh, for example um i mean one principal even remarked how a teacher had no other choice but to do the breastfeeding uh, or to, to pump basically to do her be- uh, pumping in a toilet i mean it's like it's it's 2019 you know this is crazy stuff um but basically 32 so one in three reported that special education teachers covered the break for the staff member so again what where does that time come out of that comes from uh time that should be used to support a child with additional needs um you know i mean this this is i suppose that's the statistics from that and because who covers who has to cover the 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 various breaks that are out there and and that's not disparaging against women who uh, are are taking breastfeeding breaks it's that's absolutely not at all it's 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 again the department of education not caring enough to provide the supports that are needed you can't just say take your breastfeeding breaks uh, um and here's here's nothing in return you know and uh it's just one example one of many examples of where the department of education basically under resource and things and don't care i'm going to move on to um, an area close to my heart uh, when it comes to special education needs and that's uh, the allocation model um there was a new allocation model made in 2017 it was designed to be fairer to families who required resources for children with additional needs now in the old model just before that different diagnoses were allocated <coughs> excuse me um different um um sorry diagnoses were allocated a certain amount of resource hours so for example the child with autism uh would have originally been allocated five hours per week of resource hours as they were known um, and these were cut by rory quinn to 4.25 hours a 15 percent cut that was never restored as i mentioned earlier now the new allocation model gave schools a certain number of hours based on the new criteria and we asked uh, so the group asked principals if you were to apply the old what were known as the low incidence resource hours um now so based on your kids look at the look at your population based on the uh, allocation now um um as opposed you know to the new system place would you have more or less hours than you currently have and what i found very very interesting was um that nine out of ten principals said that they would uh, feel they would have had more hours in the old model so this new model basically incorporated the 15% cut that Rory Quinn um, made and never recovered it and basically okay so take let's say because we did we did we did we did deep dive a little bit into this so basically if if it was based on the 15% cut so let's say so we're talking about the after the cut and so comparing now to after the cut um, basically about half principles said that uh, they would have had more but if you include that 15% cut, it goes up to 9 out of 10 principles. Believe you'd have more in the old model. That's shocking. I, for me, it is the standout statistic in this uh, survey. It's one of the biggest standout surveys. That despite all the spin, all the nonsense 
from the, the Department of Education talking about how many more um, resource hours they were allocating and um, the NCSE slapping them on the back on their every year and saying how wonderful they were congratulating the Department of Education. They are, it's, I mean, again, I, that word disgrace has to come out there. It's, it's an absolute, it, it's, it's shocking um, that the NCSE who, um, who are um, charged with providing um, children with additional needs, with the resources they need, it is disgusting that they have been celebrating and backing up the Department of Education um, cuts for the last decade and um, nine out of ten principals can't be wrong um, when they say that they would have had a, a better allocation uh, using a, an older model, which everyone admits wasn't a great model. But imagine that the, you know that, that that the fact of the matter is we're well out of a recession now. There's, there's there are no excuses. Um, and and really, if I was again a representative body, um, if I was the INTO, if I was the IPPN, if I was NABSME or whatever. I, I don't know. I, I would be taking these statistics and I would be saying to the Department of Education, do you know what? You better do something. You better do something pretty quickly. Um, it's it's um, astounding. Um, I mean, that this hasn't happened. Um, I'm recording this two days after the, the results were published um, and not a sound from any of those groups so far. Hopefully by the time this goes on air, uh, that will have changed. And if it does, I will certainly report that um, on the Facebook page that they have. Um, anyway, um, it, we can uh, the group continued um, because if you don't feel you've got a fair um, allocation, you can appeal it. Now, appealing um, your SET model is, is a huge burden of paperwork. Um, and I haven't done it, to be honest with you, um, but I've spoken to principals that have, and they've said it's painful, it's painful. And even more painful, really, is the, is the fact that we, we, have a, we have a result um, as well of how many people are successful 8% 8% of appeals are successful why would you bother you know if you if you got, were given those odds you've you basically what is it a 2 in 24 so 1 in 12 and a half chance of 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 getting of, of, of your appeal being upheld I mean they're th- those odds 8% odds I wouldn't take them no way um really really disappointing um do you know that that that's the case um which is such a shame it really is a shame um moving on then to um snas and bus escorts basically i mean um principals uh, i don't know if people know this um they get paid an allowance and the allowance is is paid depending on how many teachers work in your school not how many staff how many teachers so that means school two principals don't get paid for any snas that they manage bus escorts that they manage secretaries caretakers nurses whatever so if you're in a like an example is if you're in a special school you could have i don't know eight teachers okay it's quite possible eight teachers but you could have 24 snas depending on the school you get paid for your eight teachers so you could be managing 50 staff but getting paid for you know you could be paid for eight to ten of them you know it's 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 ridiculous obviously um basically anyway it unsurprisingly uh principles uh the vast majority of principals nine out of ten principals said we, we we should be paid um to manage all staff snas and bus escorts in this case and uh 
that was uh, just interesting. Just other little statistics that came from SNAs and bus escorts. 93% of schools have at least one SNA these days. That's almost all schools um, have a special needs assistant, at least one. Um, one out of five schools have has at least one bus escort, which um, uh, obviously is a little less. And um, half of principals suggested that they spend as much or more time managing SNAs as they do teachers. So that's um, just an interesting statistics because you know you do have to manage the staff. And if uh, half of um, half of principals said they do spend um, as much time or more um, managing SNAs, so. I, I feel it's only fair they should be paid for it but the statistics are there um, for the INTO to maybe argue that point um, which I, I, I'm sure um, I, I don't know if they will or, or, or not so we'll move on to uh, children um, these are the, the most important people in our schools and um, I guess um, we uh, the group wants to survey like what, what, what are the feelings of principals about children in our care and um, I guess that was um, a question we asked them uh, and the question we asked really was in the last five years principals have noticed an increase in children in relation to and we uh, listed some of the um, behaviours or, or symptoms or uh, disorders that we um, that we, we thought they might uh, correspond to. Shocking result, the outstanding one was anxiety related needs. Guess how many principals said that children um, were exhibiting an increase in anxiety-related needs. Have a guess. 96.2%. Almost every principle. I, I don't know. That's shocking, isn't it? That is a, 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 an amazing statistic. Almost every principle in this survey suggested that anxiety related needs are exhibited um, an increase has been exhibited in the last five years and what have we got for that nothing absolutely nothing a document on well-being listen to last week's podcast episode about what we got be a one good adult that was all it gave you but then just moving on of the rest and the second one was attachment issues which is related to anxiety related needs and then about 50 50 was physical aggression verbal aggression and school readiness um, as other areas that have increased um all um 50 50 um so half of principles one out of two principles believe those have increased i'd agree i think they have increased absolutely i i believe that i I've, I'm, I'm seeing an increase um, I've been teaching nearly 20 years and, and there are things that are happening nowadays that weren't happening when I started teaching um, and are, are, have become acceptable um, and it's something that really needs to be, um, needs to be addressed. Um, worryingly as well, uh, two-thirds of principals, and this is the one that actually became the headline and I, in, in a way, I don't think it's the best headline but I get why it was because it is probably the most shocking one to hear. Um, two out of three principals have been hurt by a child Oh, sorry, two out of three principals. Sorry, that's not the, the headline. I've, I've messed up the headline. Two, two, two out of three principals reported that a child has hurt a member of staff. That's the, the thing. A member of staff has been hurt by a child. 64% of them, two out of three almost. And a third of, of the principals, so a third said it happens regularly. It's, it's, it is shocking. I mean, I know, I know it's not the main point of the survey. It is shocking. Though. I can see why... Um, the media outlets have just 
really clung onto that statistic because it is it, 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 it's 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 outrageous you know that you know very few people do go into work and get hurt at in a regular basis never mind two out of three of them you know i i would imagine if you worked in news talk for example uh, or any radio station i would imagine two out of three people would not report going into into their radio station and getting physically hurt by uh by by anyone never mind a child in their um, in their work i would say zero out of three would be um would be the uh, the amount of people that that happens to so i can see why news outlets would feel that way um one out of five has required medical help medical assistance um after being attacked by a child and um two uh, this one was very again i i felt this would jump out uh, but anyway it, it wasn't one that, that's been major but again two out of three uh, uh, principals report they themselves have had to restrain a child on at least one occasion that's scary isn't it i think it's very scary but it's not the point this is all about you know i know they're the, the they're the ones that really hit and become headline news and it's hard not to um say that um but look we we the the, the group basically um looked at a, a number of behaviors and asked in the last year principal stated that staff members have been bitten pinched scratched punched kicked struck with a weapon or verbally abused well verbally abused three quarters three quarters of staff members in this country have been verbally abused in the last year is that okay of course it isn't is anyone doing anything about it of course they aren't and you know i mean sure look you know teachers are verbally abused in the media every day i mean why why wouldn't children do it um but what i the, the one that stood out to me two-thirds have been kicked kicked um and then i mean i suppose it was a low number but one out of six so one out of six um reported they were struck with a weapon now i can put my hand up and say i'm one of those people as well i i, I was quite i was kind of shocked by it actually it wasn't in the last year it was a couple of years ago when it happened but i was i mean i and you know did anything happen no of course not it wasn't the poor child's fault the child the child wasn't getting what they needed what were they doing they were running they were they were so anxious so emotionally um uh in such an emotionally unfit state they were they they, they were they, they didn't know what they were doing um and you know what do they do you know you're, you're calling for help no one gets aggressive unless they're crying for help particularly children you know they they don't this is not about aggression this is all about needs not being met what do you do if your needs aren't being met and you're constantly being put in situations where your needs aren't being met you get more and more anxious you get more and more angry and you can become violent and it's a symptom of the system not working and not being fit for purpose moving on to special classes and um, this is, um, there are a number of types of special classes in ireland so we, we didn't really specify but uh, there will be a focus on autism given that um most uh, special classes in the country by far i think over 90 percent of special classes uh, deal with autism but um uh, 20 about a quarter of all schools um have special classes now which is a high number i would think um in fairness um but especially there was a there's media like there's a lot of media bashing of teachers um i mean that's not surprising but certainly near the start of the year it's a huge amount of media bashing uh, around um shortened days and um special classes not being open like the minister started you know uh, uh, you know ended up threatening schools in the media um if they wouldn't open special classes anyway nine out of ten principals said they were they think it's wrong 
for the Department of Education to force the school to open a special class against its wishes. Now, it's not because, and I know this, I know this, I know this for a fact, it's not that principals don't want to accommodate children with special needs. They know that you get nothing. You get no help. You, uh, it's a, it is actually, a, um, it's, it's, and I don't mean to sound bad, it's a, but it's a loss-making game to take on a special class in your school. You do not get the adequate funding. So if you're a school that's losing money every year, if you open up special classes, you will continue, you will lose more money. Um, because there is not enough money to support the needs in the in the in these in the in these classes, and because the Department of Edu- Education don't provide enough funding, I can see that's one reason not to do it. It's it's a major reason not to do it. And then the supports aren't there. You 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 know you 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 can have special classes where children just aren't supported properly, and not th- not through any fault of the school because their supports aren't there. The Department of Education will fund. A, um, a multi-sensory room, which is loads of light therapy maybe, that's, that, that, that's all it is. But if your child needs occupational therapy, they don't provide that. You know, they don't provide, they don't provide any specialised staff. I mean, it's, it's, it's a bit of a joke, really. It's, 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 it, 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 so I, I, I can see if a school, against their wishes, for, and they need to find out what those needs, why are schools not wanting to open special classes in certain areas rather than forcing them upon them and and i mean why why would anyone want to send their child to a school where they don't want the special class to be in the first place um it's 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 interesting um i thought an, an interesting statistic was 20 percent of teaching principals admitted they open special classes just in order to become administrative principals um i i i don't know that's um uh that one hasn't jumped out uh i suppose of the um uh, in the media but one in five principals um, there's a, a kind of a, a rule that if you have um if you are in a four or five teacher school you can become administrative if you open uh two special classes in your school uh which is why you'll find um a lot of rural schools uh, well not in all cases but a lot of rural schools do have special classes for children with autism well one in five principals admitted uh the reason for doing that was to become administrative um but the majority of principals, by the way, just uh, the report says they were very happy that they opened a special class. Um, only 3.6% said they'd no complaints. Um, 37% said it increased their workload. And 47% agreed that the special classes are great but don't work without the improved supports from the NCSE and the Department of Education. Um, and I suppose the damning statistic there is that 90% of principals believe that the NCSE does not provide adequate supports for children with additional needs. Nine out of 10 principals. I don't know. That is, for me, a terrible vote of no confidence in the NCSE. And anyone, if, if I was running the NCSE um, and I saw that statistic, I'd certainly be um, taking it very seriously. Um, this isn't a group of narcs. This isn't a group of wingers. This is a group of principals who have, um, who really want to help children with additional needs. And nine out of ten of them believe the NCSE is not providing adequate supports for children with additional needs. If I was a parent of a child with additional needs, I would be going through the roof right now wondering why is the NCSE not providing adequate supports for children with additional needs if I was the INTO I would be wondering what I, I would be 
up in arms going why is the NCSE not providing adequate supports for teachers who are dealing with children with additional needs if I were the IPPN I would be up in arms wondering how are principals being exposed to such terrible conditions and that they would believe that the NCSE is not providing adequate supports for children I am going on and on if I was NABSME uh, any, um, I would be I would be I don't know why they haven't been in touch what's wrong with them really shocking um we we, we the, the the group also uh, looked at neps and visiting teachers um basically um neps is the psychological service i actually think it's a very very good service i've talked about this in a previous episode and um, the problem is it's pretty inconsistent around the country um it says that uh, 60% of principals reported that children are waiting more than one year for neps input that's not really good enough um so i mean that's not neps's fault um there aren't enough of them so we need more of them i mean really i mean neps is about one, is is kind of for me is 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 a shining light in special education they're very good at what they do but they don't have enough they don't, there's not enough people uh doing it uh, in terms of um um of visiting teachers uh 63% of principals reported they do require the services of a visiting teacher but um, 56% of them said the service provided was inadequate probably not the visit I don't have a visiting teacher in my schools uh, I, I not anymore I used to and I, I when I did have um, her I felt it was a good service um, um, but um, I would imagine I mean that was before the recession uh, so I imagine it's got worse um, since then I don't imagine it's recovered uh, because nothing else in special education has has recovered and um, we moved on to special uh, sorry on to shortened days then and um, shortened days we're coming to the end of this I know this episode is, is is quite long and quite heavy in statistics but I think it's important to go through some of these things and 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 and, and um, reflect on them um, and and kind of keep asking why how has this been allowed to happen where have um where are the bodies I am particularly I know I'm picking on nabs me um in particular but I mean I, I think that's their job I mean to to, to be to, to be protecting uh, schools um in the provision for um special education needs and I'm just surprised they're 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 um this stuff isn't isn't known to them number one um but number two that you're not I don't see them all over the papers maybe it's just a very small organization I don't know I'm, I'm being probably overcritical and um, maybe but I, maybe I'm not I don't know I don't know I, I mean I don't really know anyone in NABSME bar, bar one person um for all I know NABSME could be one person um and 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 um and then fair enough I mean that's under resource as well um, but anyway, in terms of shortened days, 52% of principals said they have uh, imposed a shortened day, let's say imposed, not being the right word, but they placed at least one child on a shortened day. Um, but only 7.5% of principals, that's a very small number of principals, said they've placed more than two children on a shortened day. Now that's, for all the media furore, 7.5% for more, more than two children on a shortened day. That's very little. It's very little considering and considering the violence that people are being exposed to um it's still very little um and uh, unsurprisingly 96 and a half percent of principals so i would have thought 100 percent would be more indicative but 96 it's almost all of them uh, basically said the media coverage was totally unfair and i'd agree with that i think and in fairness to the ippm they um uh, they, they stated the same thing um the INTO were politely also said it too um we moved, the group moved on to the Irish exemptions uh, circular, which was uh, basically put our way for you know with again 
I mean, I, I come back to this uh, primary workload forum that's supposed to be, uh, you know, stopping increased workload on principles. The Irish exemptions uh, change basically was NEPs, uh, up until now, a psychologist would uh, sanction whether a child would have an Irish exemption or not. But uh, this new Irish exemption basically placed the burden of that on principles. Um, and 87% of principals said the circular increases their workload, which it does. Um, so thanks, uh, primary workload forums again. Um, but basically, uh, more than half of principals were unhappy with the new Irish exemptions, um, which is um, interesting. Only 16% were happy. 28% were neither happy nor sad about it. Um, so um, that's that's not such a great thing. And only one out of five principals believe the circular will actually improve educational outcomes for children. So it's not really... Um, a very positive feedback from principals on the new Irish exemption. No, um, nearly um, seven out of uh, seven out of eight principals said it's going to increase their workload. Um, as I said, we're coming to the end here, um, and I guess um, the next statistic really is on on well being and and principals. Um, and I think these statistics just speak for themselves. So I'm just going to read them. Um, eight out of ten teachers have reported for work when they're unwell. A third of principals have stepped down due to stress or ill health. 5%, that's almost nothing, um, has received training from the Department of Education on wellbeing. And less than 2% of schools have received funding from wellbeing. Um, I think that's pretty shocking. I, I don't think there's more, any more to be said about that. We're coming up to about an hour on this um, survey. Uh, so I don't want to hold you much to, uh, too much longer. All I'm going to do is read the conclusion that the National Principles Forum sir, um, have made. It says the National Principles Forum survey, uh, survey that special education needs provision in Ireland is continuing to decline despite the spin-doctored statements from the NCSE and Department of Education. It is astonishing that despite being charged with improving the delivery of education services to children with special educational needs, the NCSE continue to support and even celebrate the lack of adequate investment in this essential area. It is no surprise to the forum that over 90% of principals expressed no confidence in the NCSE. The most startling figure of all found by the survey was that 88.4% of principals agreed that they have less special, special education teaching time under the new special education teaching allocation model than they would have had in the older allocation model in 2012. The Department of Education stated that the new model was designed to be a better and fairer way to give schools additional teaching supports to help children with special educational needs. This appears to be entirely untrue when almost all schools have lost time to support children with additional needs. On top of this, the health and well-being of principals and indeed teachers trying to safeguard our pupils, in particular those with additional needs already disadvantaged by a system that is unfit for purpose, is being continually exploited and eroded. This survey demonstrates that the system is past breaking point with only dedicated but weary and demoralised staff to hold back the tide. Over 8 out of 10 principals reported that their mental health has suffered because of their job. Parents' knowledge and understanding of SEN-related provisions in schools is not where it needs to be, and government and media spin doctrine serves to exploit this to pit parents and schools against one another, blaming the latter for the failings of the Department of Education.
It is no wonder that almost 99% of principals reported that media coverage is unfair. Parents' battles for education are schools' battles too, and we need to ensure the parents and advocacy groups have the information they need to join us in a united battle for better um, for, uh, for better uh, for our children. Simple things such as asking the government to provide adequate substitute cover for leave would be help a little. For example, seven out of ten principals use a special ed teacher to cover a mainstream class due to absences or even for breastfeeding breaks. Almost a third of set teachers cover those. The National Principals Forum urges all representative bodies to utilise this survey to battle for the rights of pupils with additional needs and for the rights of teachers and for principals to be respected. I think it's a really good summary of this survey. There's nothing there, I think, that is controversial. There's nothing there that is, um, you know, that, 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 that sh- should be any cause of consternation for any of the representative bodies um it's um it's fair to say that the representative bodies are not um speaking to the national principles forum um the INTO have made various claims that the national principles forum is injurious to the union which is disgrace again just untrue and um and I don't really understand why um, when we're all on the same side of the um, of the system. Um, and it's something that I think, I mean, a survey like this isn't designed for any other purpose but to highlight the problems that are in special education needs in Ireland. They're not designed... To, to put it up to uh, people on the same team. They're there. They're results that can be used by anyone for whatever purpose they, 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 they need. I mean, that's, that's for me is the most important thing. I, I think it's... Um, what, what worries me is that representative bodies would ignore these statistics for silly reasons. You know, I don't care if the INTO don't like the National Principles Forum. I don't care if the IPPN don't like the National Principles Forum. I don't care if anyone doesn't like the National Principles Forum. This isn't about the National Principles Forum. This is about children with special educational needs who are not being served by the very groups that are supposed to be serving them. This is about teachers and principals whose needs um whose whose um whose jobs and uh, are becoming eroded um because of government inaction and cuts to the services it's not even critical of the various representative bodies we deliberately like the group deliberately didn't ask principles do they feel representative bodies are doing a good job of representing them because we it, it would be an emotive question i i would I, I mean we didn't even talk about it i'm just assuming it didn't even come into our heads really to ask that question i kind of really wish we did but i mean that's not the idea i mean the idea is not to be pitting it's not a battle about that the battle is is is, is for our for our for for the for for basically to be able to give children 
especially those with additional needs, the services they require. And I guess what I will do, and I'm supposed to conclude this episode, is just to, I mean, it's not my job to do this, but I'm not saying that, but I, I, I mean, it's almost like to extend the, the, the hand of friendship, to extend the olive branch, whatever. I mean, there isn't even a need for an olive branch. There is no battle. It's just the silliness. I, I, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. But basically, there's the results. Um, representative bodies, they have them. They've been sent them. The media is all over this. Angela Dunn is on the radio every day doing a phenomenal job of just explaining the background and why we've done what we've done. And all it takes now is for representative bodies. The National Principal Forum aren't a representative body. They're a lobby group. But the INTO are a representative body. They have the power to do something with it. And um, all I can do really is end the episode by saying if I were the Minister for Education, I would be taking these results. And I would be panicking. I'd be panicking a lot. And I would be doing something about it. That's really it for this special episode. Um, I, I think I went over the hour mark, unfortunately. But I mean, I do think it's an important um, topic. And I believe um, it's something that people um, really need to take notice of. Um, this is 900 principals, 900 school leaders um, crying for help here um, for for. for, for their pupils who have additional needs and aren't getting um, the service they require. They're seeing over the last um, decade the effect of that. Um, and uh, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's just horrible to see um, the inaction, I suppose, that, that, that has been taking place. And now is the time really for that to, 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 be, um, to be fixed. Listen, I will be back next week with our regular um, episode um, on uh, the, uh on if i were the minister for education i hope I, I there's nothing to enjoy about this particular episode i just felt it was important um to highlight this particular survey i think it's really really important um it could i i would really hope it is a turning point um i i haven't uh, one thing that i have noticed and uh, to take a positive from this episode is that the media have really really taken this to their hearts and are really sympathetic um towards schools and towards children with additional needs and um maybe maybe that is a turning point and, and and hopefully it will be listen that's all i've got for this week thanks for spending so much time um on the on this uh, on this episode and uh, listen we'll be back uh, next week uh, thanks so much for listening bye bye